0: American soccer fans, welcome to episode 69 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. Happy New Year. We are in the first week of January and we're going to get into our rhythm for the year. We have a few transfers to discuss. We have a men's national team training camp roster and On the women's side, we have the details on She Believes Cup, which will take place next month. But I wanted to kick things off with the transfer window, because for Americans, we've talked about how this transfer window could be quite busy, and it got off to a busy start right at the stroke of midnight on January 1st. We had a couple of transfers that I think were worth mentioning. The first one, again, happening on January 1st, Daryl DK. Making a move to West Bromwich Albion. It is a $9.5 million deal, tr- permanent transfer. There were talks about it being a loan that could convert into a transfer, but it is a permanent transfer. He leaves Orlando City for England. And in this deal, with the $9.5 million transfer fee, there is a nice sell on fee for Daryl DK should he move elsewhere for Orlando City. I think this is a pretty good move for DK. He is going to a team that is right now fourth in the table in the championship. They are fighting for automatic promotion to the Premier League, and he can help do that for them. They also have an opportunity to qualify via the promotion playoffs. And right now they're in prime position to do that. Again, they're in fourth place. They are trying to move up there. They're not far away from automatic promotion position, But Daryl DK brings some much-needed firepower to West Brom. And I think for a lot of people, this is a pretty good move for him in the sense that he has the added pressure of trying to get a team to the Premiership, but he doesn't have the pressure of being on a team that's destined for relegation. He can show off his stuff. He's going to get playing time. And I think that's the most important thing for Daryl DK. So congrats to Daryl on the move to West Brom. I think we'll talk about the big... Transfer in just a minute, but I did want to note that James Sands is also on the move. He will leave the MLS Cup champion, New York City FC, and he's going to Rangers FC in Scotland on loan an 18 month loan with an option to convert it to a permanent transfer at the end of that loan. So, James Sands, midfielder, defender, he gets to go to one of the top teams in Scotland. Now, we talked in the last episode about how Scotland has kind of fallen off a little bit. And James Sands is going to have to work hard to make sure that he remains in the eye of Greg Burhalter when we are talking about camps and, and, and qualifying for matches. There is a World Cup this year, obviously. So he wants to make sure he is continually in the heart and mind of Greg Berhalter when he's filling out these rosters. But moving to Rangers FC, he will get a UK work permit. He will be able to use that to possibly move to England if this goes well. And again, Rangers SC, he's in a prime opportunity to play in Europa League. He's in a prime opportunity to compete every single week for a team that is always trying to go for the title in Scotland. They're not, they don't like second place there. Second place is usually to their rival Celtic. He will be a part of that derby, which is one of the fiercest rivalries in the world. So James Sands, again, a possibly good move. I know a lot of people agree with me when I say that the Scottish Premier League is one where we hope guys don't go because it's very physical and guys play a little bit reckless. But James Sands has the opportunity to succeed there, and I hope he does that. I think everyone is talking about the biggest transfer so far of this window. And again, we're only you know, a few days into 2022. Ricardo Pepe will move to FC Augsburg. That deal was completed on January 3rd. It is a $20 million deal plus add-ons, which is the richest deal in MLS history. It also breaks the club transfer record for Augsburg by almost double. He comes in to a Bundesliga side who is trying to stay afloat in the Bundesliga there right now in hovering around 14th or 15th place. They're trying to move their way up to mid table and they think Ricardo Pepe can be the guy to help them do that On the offensive end, Ricardo Pepe, it's a really big step up for him. He's shown a lot of promise so far in his time at FC Dallas. Obviously, he broke through onto the national team this year, became one of the great, great stories of the national team in the second half of 2021. And Ricardo Pepe is going to get his chance to be that guy in Germany. And and I think he adds to the long list of guys who, are currently playing in Germany in the Bundesliga and the two Bundesliga. So congratulations to Ricardo Pepe. I think of all the moves, this could possibly be the best one. It could pay off the most for Ricardo Pepe because if he can score goals in the Bundesliga, he will be able to write his own ticket anywhere in the world. And right now, he gets to play against some of the best competition in the world when he's at Augsburg. I know it's quick, but we're going to pause for a break because on the other side, We have a roster for a preliminary training camp. Who was on that roster? We will discuss that. Also, She Believes Cup is coming up next month. Where will the women's national team play? Who will they play? Those are questions we will answer on the other side. So stick around. We are back here on the Stars and Stripes FC podcast, and we turn to the men's national team, not the players necessarily, but the team. The United States men's national team, as we all know, has a very important month to kick off 2022. We have World Cup qualifying resuming at the end of the month. And so, with MLS based players currently in their offseason, head coach Greg Burhalter was trying to make sure that they are match ready. For these games, because for them, the MLS players will not see regular season competition until the end of February. So what does he do about that? Well, normally in most years, the United States national team would have a January camp where guys would come in, train. They would have one or two matches, uh, friendlies. They would have one or two friendlies against outside competition. And we got some of that last month with the December camp. That was a way to keep these guys in shape. But now in January, he is calling for a training camp, just a training camp. No matches associated with this camp. But he's calling in 19 players starting tomorrow, where they will train in Phoenix for a couple of weeks ahead of the start of the main international window where European-based players can come into camp. So... European-based players are not included in this camp. It occurs outside the window. Obviously, they are in the middle of their seasons, barring any COVID issues. But those players from Europe that Greg Berhalter will call upon for the World Cup qualifying window will join some of these guys that are in this camp that will start tomorrow in Phoenix. So let's go through that roster and let's talk about who is going to be in camp in this preliminary camp for the United States. Goalkeepers we have. Sean Johnson, we have Gabriel Selena and Matt Turner. We've seen those names before. Selena was in the camp in December. Obviously, Matt Turner and Sean Johnson have been in several camps for the United States Men's national team and have caps in goal for the team. Defenders: George Bello, Dewan Jones, Brooks Lennon, Aaron Long, Miles Robinson, and Walker Zimmerman. Again, a few guys that are a couple. We have one new name to that list, Dewan Jones from the New England Revolution, but all the other guys have seen camps. We welcome back Aaron Long, who has been out with a lengthy injury, and he starts to get into shape to see if he can be one of the center backs that is on the World Cup qualifying roster. At midfield, we have Kellen Acosta, Cole Bassett, Jordy Mahalovich, Sebastian Legette, Christian Roldan, and Jackson Yule all guys that we've seen before, all guys that should be familiar to most national team fans. It seems like we have a couple of guys that are trying to work their way into the mix in Cole Bassett and Jordy Mahalovic. Finally, forwards, only four forwards, Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, and Jassi Zardes. Again, guys that we have seen in camps before. We welcome back Jordan Morris to the team, and he looks to fight to be one of those forwards that is called into the main camp in a couple of weeks. So there's your roster for the preliminary January training camp that will take place starting tomorrow, runs through the 21st. And when the window opens on January 24th, that's when we will see the European players come in. And some of these guys, not all, but some, will make that World Cup qualifying roster. This will be a great chance for them to get match ready. There'll be some conditioning. There will be a lot of competition because all these guys want to stand out to prove to Greg Burhalter that they can be counted on for these three games that are coming up, these three all-important games in Columbus, Hamilton, and St. Paul, Minnesota. Finally, we are going to end with the women's national team. They are back. We have She Believes Cup coming up next month, and the United States women's national team is going to have three new opponents in this she believes cup since she believes cup started back in 2016, we've seen some of the best teams in the world come and play in this competition. We've seen France, Germany, England, Spain, Canada, Japan, Brazil, those type of teams. And for this one, because the women's euros are coming up this summer, there was a lot of European teams that did not want to come all the way over to the United States for this tournament. There's also the added factor of COVID, which has been wreaking havoc, as we all know, with a lot of schedules and a lot of logistics. And frankly, a lot of these teams didn't want to come play the United States in the United States. So the United States women's national team has branched out. They have a couple of European teams in this mix, but there is one non-European team that we will welcome to She Believes Cup. So joining the women's national team during this tournament, the Czech Republic, who are ranked 24th in the world, Iceland, who are ranked 16th in the world, and New Zealand, who are ranked 22nd in the world. And obviously, everyone should be familiar with New Zealand. We've seen them quite a bit over the years. It all starts in Carson, California, on Thursday, February 17th, where the women's national team will face Czech Republic. That is at 11 p.m. Eastern time. It will be on ESPN. They stay in Carson for the second match, which will be on Sunday, February 20th a 3 p.m. Eastern time kick on ABC, where they will face New Zealand. And then finally, we have on Wednesday, February 23rd, the team will travel to Frisco, Texas, just outside Dallas, where they will end with Iceland, 9 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. So I, I kind of like that we are facing some teams that are unfamiliar to U.S. Women's National Team fans. Of course, in the sense of New Zealand, we just saw them last year in the Olympics in the group stage. We beat them six to one. But for the Czech Republic, it's just the second time that the women's national team have ever faced them. Their lone matchup as the Czech Republic was back in 2000. So it's been 22 years since we have lined up against the Czechs. The women's national team beat them back then eight to one at a tournament that took place in Australia. They have played. The former Czechoslovakia once before that, and that was a 0-0 draw in 1988. Fun fact about Czechoslovakia, they are the only team that does not have an overall losing record against the women's national team. Our team is just that good, and I feel like there would not be a team that we face that we can't beat going forward. Iceland last saw the United States in the 2015 Algarve Cup in the group stage. But you have to go back to 2006 to find the last time Iceland played the United States women's national team on American soil. That was a 2-1 stoppage time win just down the road from me in Richmond, Virginia. So the Czech Republic, New Zealand, Iceland, three pretty good teams, decent teams. They're not obviously the world beaters that we are used to playing in She Believes Cup. But when we were talking about the Women's World Cup because – as we know, qualifying for that in the Olympics is the summer. We need to start playing some of these teams that are not in our comfort zone, teams we have not seen before that we could possibly see in a World Cup group stage or round of 16 knockout stage. That's what this tournament is all about: replicating what it would be to play a couple of these teams in a highly competitive environment. So, two games in Carson, California, one game in Frisco, Texas. That's your She Believes Cup, and that will do it for Episode 69 of the Stars and Stripes FC Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Rates and reviews are awesome, and they really help. So five stars if you like what you're hearing. If you have questions for the show, send them to SSFCpodcast at gmail.com. So we will be back again next week. So until then, take care.